And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to the Success Story Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Clary. On this podcast, I have candid interviews with execs, celebrities, politicians, and other notable figures, all who have achieved success through both wins and losses, to learn more about their life, their ideas, and their insights. I sit down with leaders and mentors and unpack their story to help pass those lessons on to others through both experiences and tactical strategy for business professionals, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Without further ado, another episode of the Success Story Podcast. All right, thanks again for joining me. Today we are sitting down with Lisa Roth. Um, now, Lisa is the executive producer of Rockabye Baby. Now, her career is extremely tr- uh, interesting. She was originally a nutritionist for 20 years with private practices in LA and New York. Uh, during this period, she began advising recording clients, often going out on tour with them, as well as executives at EMI Records transitioning into television production for Discovery Channel and National Geo. She was asked to join the CMH team and begin working side by side with the owner, David Hurl, overseeing and being involved with everything from new business development and the creative to setting policies, hiring administrative. But not only was she excelling at growing brands for CMH, uh, she recognized a niche when she was looking for baby shower gifts and failing to find anything that would bring pleasure to both newborns and parents. So in 2006, uh, with CMH art director uh, Valerie Alo, she came up with the idea of Rockabye Baby. So she launched uh, what is now a highly successful franchise um, that has spawned close to 80 plus studio albums packaged with lullaby versions of songs by artists ranging from the Beatles to Jay-Z to Bob Marley to Metallica to Rihanna to Adele. Rockabye Baby, which produces approximately eight albums annually, has since earned critical praise from outlets including the New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, NPR Music, Pitchfork, uh, Los Angeles Times, and more. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, Such an interesting entrepreneurial story. Very excited to understand uh, how this came to be. So, you know, Lisa, welcome to the show. Walk me through your story. I would like to understand my story, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a circuitous journey. Um, I guess, you know what? I'm going to start with something kind of off the wall. On my wall at work is a little sticky note that says you have no discernible skills to be working here. And that was told to me by our office manager at CMH Label Group the first week I was there. And I asked her to repeat it so I could write it down. And I've had that sticky note for 15 years now. And I kept it because it's my life story. I don't feel like I've ever had discernible skills to be working anywhere I've worked. I just, my whole life, I've kind of shown up and put one foot in front of the other and have an uncanny ability to talk people into thinking I know what I'm doing. And then everything's trial by fire and I learn as I go. So my first career was a nutritionist. I grew up in a household with a surgeon as a father who wanted nothing more than one of his three kids to be a doctor. And none of us 
kind of went that route. The closest I could come was nutrition because it was something that interested me. My father's mother immigrated here through Ellis Island in the early 1900s and with a high school education and she was interested her whole life in what you put in your body and that in conversations with her became very interesting to me and so I became a nutritionist and for 20 years I had a practice um, I wasn't the nutritionist you'd go to to lose 10 pounds for your high school reunion. I was really more interested in what made people tick, why they made the choices they made, teaching the importance of being present, um, the importance of personal insight. Um, that's what interested me. After 20 years, I really wanted to do something different. I love documentaries and I thought documentary style television would be a great place to learn. So I got a job as a segment producer for Discovery Network programming and National Geographic and my very first show I was given the pilot Mind you, I didn't even know what a segment producer was at the time. And for those of you who don't know, the pilot is what determines if the entire series is going to be picked up. But I segment produced for a health show for Discovery. Luckily, it did get picked up. Um, and I did that for five years. Um, after five years, I realized it was not what I wanted to be doing. I met a gentleman named David Harley who owned an independent label in Los Angeles called CMH Label Group. And we had mutual friends and he invited me to come talk to his company about nutrition. And I thought, well, that's a very cool boss to provide something like that to his staff. And I did several, um, uh, I led several talks and worked with some of the staff. And his business partner at the time said, I would like to hire you. There was no job description, no nothing, just. I think it would be great to have you on board. And I went on board and I've been there 15 years and now I'm sitting here with you. Well, that's, that's, uh, it's one of those things where you, you jump and then you learn to fly um, on, the, on the way down. Uh, yeah. I think for a lot of these things, but you've done it incredibly successfully. So I would love to know more about like your habits as an individual because there's a lot of, I think, success, insights, and, and best practices that we can probably learn from you. But before we go into that, I want to know more about, about how you came to Rockabye Baby. How does, you know, even though you've jumped into all these things before, Rockabye Baby in particular, I don't think there's a blueprint for that. I don't think there's anything else out there that you even could look to and say, this is something I want to emulate. So how did, how did that conceptualize? How did that come to be? Well, at the time, 15 years ago, there wasn't at all. Now there are a lot of different baby brands out there um, that are similar, I guess. Um, well, the first week I was working at the label with no job description, <laughs> I went shopping for a baby shower gift for a friend who loved music and I thought, well, this is going to be easy. I'll just buy some baby music and I was very disappointed in what was out there. There was nothing that I would be proud to hand my friend, um, nothing personal about what I saw out there and I went back to work the next week and I said to the owner, I think we should get into the baby business. I would love to do something that has a little irony, a little humor, something like baby's first sex pistols or 
baby's first rock or baby's first something. And he said, well, you should talk to some people in the company. And I said, I don't know anybody's name yet. <laughs> and then I remember, okay, there are two people whose names I remember. The head of, um, kind of the head of accounting oversaw the office and Valerie Aiello, who you mentioned, who worked in the art department. And I shared with them that I wanted to do this. Cut to, we started to have um, uh, creative meetings with David, the owner, Valerie, myself, and some other people. Um, I shared what I wanted to do, and Valerie came up with um, lullaby renditions of, I think, Led Zeppelin. It was green-lighted. Valerie became the executive producer for the first year. She then left the company, and I took over. And um, what we all did is create a series that's now an evergreen brand, um, popular around the world. Um, we have over 100 albums of lullaby renditions of every pop, rock, hip-hop, country, Latin artist. And um, as you mentioned, we release six to eight albums a year. We have over 100, over 100 billion streams. Um, it's just not something I expected. And what I love most about it is I feel like we have created a bridge for adults um, where hopefully we connect who they've always been with who they're becoming as a parent, something nostalgic and recognizable and enjoyable that they can play for their babies, but they can also enjoy. And one last thing that I'm really proud of is I feel like we're a baby product, a baby brand that men and dads enjoy and identify with. Mm -hmm. and, and when you first took this product to market, how did you, because was, there was no model to emulate. So how was the success? How were the distribution channels? Was it simpler than you thought it would be? Was it more difficult? I'm curious no, about the start. Question. A good question, because that was a little bit of a circuitous journey. So first and foremost, CMH Label Group is a record label that's been around for over 45 years. And, um, so we already had distribution channels um, and we had relationships with the Walmarts and the Best Buys and all that. And initially we utilized those contacts and we, you know, it's what we did all day, every day. Um, and it, when we, when we shared the idea and the recordings and the cover art because we put a lot of thought and interest into every aspect of it because like I said we're first and foremost a record label. Um, when we showed it to everyone they loved it because there was nothing out there like it. Um, and the New York Times in their entertainment section did a huge uh, article on us, and when it came out, it crashed our website because people were like, oh, that's so cool. Who would think baby lullabies are cool? But we made it cool. So we knew we had something. We had great response, and we put our product through the channels we always had for all those years, and it wasn't doing great. And I said to the owner, David, I think we need to bring someone on because this is a great idea. Everybody loves it, but it's not going as great as I feel like it could um, through the channels that we were used to using. 
So we found a marketing person, Francie Kaplan, thank you, we love you, who told us to take it out of the big store channels to build um, relationships with boutiques and specialty stores around the country and let them help us build the recognition and our sales department at the time went whole hog doing that and we ended up in many 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 boutiques and specialty stores um, all around the world actually but we focused nationally initially um, and it took off and it has sustained to this day. So the tried and true wasn't right for this particular brand. And in fact, it became a brand. Again, thanks to Francie Kaplan, um, it was our first brand. We were a record label, we put out music. This, we had to learn how to treat like a product like a true brand. And then we were truly in the baby business, which back then for people who know the music industry, when the CD started to disappear and digital downloading came along and then eventually streaming, a lot of record labels were struggling, but we had one foot in music and another solid foot in the baby industry, which is a wonderful industry to be in because babies are not a trend. They will always be there. And um, so it's been an amazing opportunity for us. And we've had to learn how to handle a brand. And I'm curious, uh, as I was doing research, the first three albums were Radiohead, Coldplay, and Metallica. Why were those the first three? Well, we wanted to establish ourselves as a series. So we released three at a time so people would know it wasn't just one album. And initially, the entire brand started as a rock brand because it had the most irony to it, the most humor. Just saying lullaby renditions of Metallica was fun and funny, and it's a fun gift to give. Um, but over time, I really wanted to expand the genres. I always say every genre has its rock stars. I have my favorite kinds of music. I wanted it to be broader. So now we include everything. But it originally started as rock. So thus we had three releases initially and they were all different rock genres. And, and starting this type of business, did you have pushback from artists doing this? No, we, we actually know, which is great. Um, okay. Every time we do an album, we pick the track list, and then we approach the publishers and or owners of each and every song and acquire a license. Um, and the publisher slash owner of the songs earn a royalty. And so it's a win-win on both sides. I see. I see. And I just, I guess I'm just, uh, I would have thought that there would have been, because it was such a new industry, there would have been some apprehension towards reformatting the original songs from that version. But it's, it's good that, you know, I understand the win-win at this point. Um, I always, I always find it interesting when somebody brings a new product to market, like all the things you're saying, even taking it out of Walmart, I, I would have like heart palpitations, like taking a product. A product out of Walmart. That's that's a bold move, but very, you know, very well done. And now it's like this is something that, and it's, I guess explain where where it is right now. Actually, that would help me a lot as well. And for people listening, how has it evolved over over the years? Well, you mean where is it available? Where does it stand now? 
Where does it stand now as a, as a brand? So now you mentioned it started off and it became its own brand and it was CMH's record, but now, you know, now you're in the baby business. So is this something that has sort of taken, uh, taken its own? Are, are you like the, the one who's leading the charge? Are you the sort of like the founder or is it still sheltered under the CMH brand and it's sort of a secondary, uh, secondary group under that? Right. It's, uh, it's, under, it's an imprint under okay. the umbrella CMH label group. CMH okay. label group is the parent company, the umbrella under which we have different imprints. Rock by Baby is one of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I am the brand manager and executive producer for Rockabye Baby, and I'm also the vice president of CMH Label Group. So I get to have my hands in a lot of things. But Rockabye Baby itself is our most successful brand right now, and um, and it goes by Rockabye Baby. Um, people can find it that way. It doesn't go by CMH label group. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's still, funny enough, we still sell CDs. People still want to buy CDs. Um, I think we're probably doing a little better than a lot of labels or companies in that area to this day because it's nice to give a physical gift. Um, And... They're really cute, our, our covers and the things inside the CDs. Um, but most of our business is streaming now, like most music. And, um, and you can find us wherever you stream music, Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, and yes, send me some been- links and I'll, I'll, put them in, I'll put them in the show notes as well. Because I think people, if they, if they haven't been exposed to this yet, they'll want to go check out where they can listen to some of this stuff because I think that's uh, if you don't know it, it's going to be a little bit of an eye opener for you. If, if you're, if you're younger, if you're having kids, like this is such a cool present. It's such a, a cool novel thing. And I wasn't aware of it. I don't have kids yet. So I'm not in this target market, but um, very, very interesting. But sorry, well, continue. Something. Um, yeah. I hear from adults all the time that they listen to it in the car, that they use it in yoga, that they study to it. Um, I heard from a very big mucky muck in the music industry, a well-known name, who called me and told me he plays it uh, at his dinner parties in the background. So there's, it's okay, we won't tell if you're an adult and you listen to it too. <laughs> now, as somebody who's built out this brand, given um, given the state of the industry where streaming is probably going to become even more uh, more of a target market for people to to really double down on, um, especially because we're we're hurting for live performances right now, given COVID. Where do you want to take the brand? What do you want to do next with it? What's your your vision in five or ten years? I just want to take a moment to pause and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Canva. Very excited when Canva approached me because I've been using Canva for all my graphic design needs for years, um, and they have never sponsored me before, so I'm very excited to champion a brand that I personally believe in, support, and I use. Now, if you don't know what Canva is, Canva is the online platform that makes graphic design, designing anything really, easy for you and your team Uh, They have preloaded templates, all professionally made, all very high quality. If you have an idea and you do not know how to bring it to life uh, on your social media, on your website, in your marketing collateral, this is one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur to do. Canva Pro makes this so simple. You do not have to be a designer. You do not have to be uh, an artist, anything like that. It is a tool that allows you to create beautiful pieces of content and work with a drag and drop editor. It's simple for anybody to use. You can collaborate with teams, no experience necessary. This is what you use to make stunning social media posts, marketing material. It has video components. Honestly, with Canva Pro, it takes the headache out of creating design. Canva Pro includes 75 million premium ingredients, including premium stock photos that you usually have to pay hundreds of dollars for, illustrations, videos, audio, Anything you can need to literally design anything, it has in one spot, in one app. It truly democratizes design. 
Now, why I'm so excited about this sponsorship is that they gave me a unique code for everybody who's listening to use. So if you want to test out Canva, if you want to test out all of the incredible features for design, remember I said images, audio, video, they have ability to include team features, brand kits, background removers, uh, resizing different objects with the click of a button. All of it is seamless, super user-friendly, extremely intuitive. If you want to start using it today, go to canva.me backslash Scott. They're giving everybody who's listening a special deal, 45 days free pro Canva. You cannot get this deal by going on their website. So go to canva.me backslash Scott. You will get a Canva Pro account for 45 days. You can try out as many features as you want. You can make a ton of content. Canva.me backslash Scott. See why design is no longer scary. You will never look at design the same way again after you try it. Trust me on this one. Canva.me backslash Scott. Well, we're working on some things now which are not far enough along to talk about, but exciting stuff. I would love Oh, a few things. Um, I would love a partnership, like an unexpected partnership in the same way it's unexpected to hear lullaby renditions of Metallica. I would love a partnership that has irony to it. So maybe another brand that's more for adults, mature brand, somehow partner that way. I think it would be funny and great, and I have some ideas in my head. I would love to see um, our music and or animation um, grow, maybe with an animated... I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs, no more servers, no more updates, just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. 
I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Network or um, programming, television programming, that kind of thing, it's something we've been in talks about. Um, I've been approached by publishers over the years. I would love to figure out a way to do something in children's books. yeah, a lot of, there's a lot that can be done. Really just set the precedent for what, what a, a kid's item or a baby item can be. It seems like, you know, I'm sure some of the ideas that you're thinking through are in line with this brand that a, a baby item doesn't have to be so such a traditional type of baby item. And I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I really do feel like there's something to be said for building a whole community around gifts and items that are fun for and and suitable for kids but still have that nostalgic feel from people that you know grew up their whole lives with these you know these artists these these songs and and whatnot um now i really i have a couple questions from you as a professional over your career and some lessons learned but before i go into those 
I just wanted to, you know, is there, is there anything that I don't know about, um, about uh, Rockabye Baby that I should have asked that you wanted to, to speak about? No, I think, I think you've touched on it all. There's, yeah. And if okay. I think there's something, I'll interject. Good. I love it. Um, now, you've been highly successful in building this out. Um, what has been one of the largest challenges uh, that you've had to overcome in your career, and how did you overcome it? Which career? The, I, let's, let's stick with, I guess that's a really good question, eh? Well, let's stick with what you're working on now, just because um, I'd say this is probably the most success you've had in your career. Maybe, maybe you'd argue, maybe, you, maybe the, the huge um, nutritionist, uh, you know, with all the facilities in LA and New York, maybe that was something you'd rather touch on. Something that was, you know, a lesson or an insight that you think people could learn from. Yeah, I, you know, I guess you have to figure out what success means. Um, I feel like just across the board in my life, I've had to kind of overcome my own insecurities, the voices in my head, the imposter syndrome. Whenever you have any success, sometimes people like me are going, oh, I don't belong here. How did this happen? I'm going to be discovered. Having to overcome that and um, learning how to overcome that and also just realizing that there are different types of skill sets that just because what you see and deem as successful and great skills might not be what you have but what but you do have something that can be developed for me you know like i said i showed up in life put one foot in front of the other and bumped into things um i I feel like my greatest skill set is something that's now being appreciated in business, but it wasn't most of my career. And that um, that soft skills. I'm I'm very good. I call myself the OG of side eye because even as a little girl, I used to watch people out of the side of my eyes. So they couldn't see me. And my mother would always go, stop looking at people that <laughs> way. But I was always watching, listening, critiquing, vibing. And those matured into um, a set of soft skills that I was able to use throughout my career. That's how I kind of talked my way into various um, career moves because I could read a room, I could see what wasn't being said, I could hear what wasn't being said, I knew how to fill in the blanks, um, and I used them. Um, I'm thinking right now there's a, there's a quote I heard on a podcast. Um, I was listening to an interview with a Stanford professor named Tina Selig, and she was talking about a big poster outside her office that read, entrepreneurs do much more than imaginable with much less than seems possible. And I thought, that's interesting, because I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I think mm -hmm. of Bill Gates as an entrepreneur, people who start other huge corporations. I thought, well, that sounds a little bit like something I've done my whole life. And then she went on to say that it's not about building businesses, entrepreneurship. It's about leveraging assets. And I went, oh, so assets could be anything from a lot of money you can invest into building a business or an asset could be a personality trait or a set of personality traits, which is really the only thing I feel like I have. <laughs> and I have, unbeknownst to myself, been leveraging those assets my whole life. And that's kind of what's gotten me to where I am. 
I don't know if that answered your question or if you got as lost as I did, but no. Um, well, the question was was actually much shallower than your answer. So I actually really appreciate that you went that deep because the question was more like a, a, a single circumstance where you overcame something in your career. But oh. you just brought in a whole bunch of other things that I think are way more valuable than what I asked. So you're just making me look good. That's it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that was really, that's really important. And I really like how you worded that. And it's, it, I was thinking as you were mentioning, um, first of all, what an entrepreneur is, but just second of all, that definition of leveraging assets and then going like that deeper point of assets are not always tangible things. And it's just, it's a, it's a very, it's a very good point to reinforce and think on because a lot of times when people listen to podcasts and or wherever they consume the media, it doesn't really matter. And you're, and you're listening to all these incredible entrepreneurs by the traditional definition. If you're working in a company, sometimes you don't think that applies to you. The, the skill sets, the ambition, the grit, the drive, the passion, whatever it may be, you just think, oh, well, I have a job, right? I have this, like, you know, I have this list of things that I'm supposed to do. I have my goals and I have my metrics that I have to hit. But I think that couldn't be further from the truth. And I try and enforce that, but you've just, you know, you're, you're a living example of, of what you can do when not only do you have a little bit of, of working with the right company because you have to align with somebody who sort of sees the same vision as you, but you also leverage what you have. You have the skills, you have the asset, you have the creative, you have the mind to not only just go into a role, but you just built out a business within a business, which is arguably more successful than the business hired you. I don't think many people can say that. That's interesting. Um, you're talking in layers now, which is my language. <laughs> um, that's very interesting. You know, truth be told, surprise, surprise, my passion was never lullaby music. Never in a million years did I think I'd be in the baby business. This was not my goal. Um, but, you know, and it was the first time I ever really have worked for a company. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole other thing. But um, yeah, what I, so, you know, here I am in a company running, helping to run a, a baby brand, an area I knew nothing about, but I find passion within that. And for me, my passion is this inter, like, connecting with people, listening, mm -hmm. watching, picking up all the noise that no one else can hear and figuring out where something needs to happen because I feel it needs to happen. And, you know, those are weird things to say to a business. No, no, my gut instinct is this area of the company is struggling or no, my, I feel that if we change that cover art, people are going to like it more. Or um, So, you know, for me, it's not about the actual subject of the product. It's finding the areas in the business that I have a passion for. And that's mm -hmm. that the people, the human part, as well as being able to exercise my innate abilities, which to me, that's success, not how big the brand is or anything, because you're talking to someone who is still seeking her passion. I am a searcher. I am not one of those people at 10 years old who knew what I wanted to do. Um, yet here I found an aspect of myself that I can offer that, that excites me, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. I think that also what I'm, I'm seeing is as you've progressed in your own career, you've become in, extremely self-aware of, of what, you, what you're capable of and what you're good at and perhaps what you're not good at. And I think that that's something in and of itself is very impressive because I think it's also something that people really miss the mark on and have a, a tough time tapping into that self-awareness. Um, I, I would ask... Do you have advice for somebody 
who is resonating with this conversation, they're like, yes, I wish I was that passionate about my job, but I just interview for jobs and I take the job that pays the most that, you know, they accept what skill sets I have, what hard skill sets I have, not soft skill sets. Um, how do I reframe? How do I know what will enable my passion? How do I at least look and see what would make me happy to the point where I can do something as incredible as what you've done with CMH? How, how do you do that? Well, let me start by saying I took this job because I needed a job. I didn't take this. I never had any um, desire to be in the music industry. I can't carry a tune to save my life. I'm very familiar with the music industry. I live around the music industry. I took the job because I needed a job. So there's nothing wrong with that. And you know what? Sometimes you take a job because you have hard skills that you can utilize. People will pay you for them. And it ends there. And that is perfectly. I would say to you, take some time and uh, outside of work and whether it's, you know, studying something, maybe it's therapy, maybe you go on YouTube, maybe you do something to find your passion if you don't have it already and make that your secondary job. Um, the, you don't have to have both in one package. Um, so I would say that. Um, I would yeah. also, once you get your job, like myself, I'm someone that has to have something in her work that means something. I, I can't breathe if there's no meaning. So, you know, like for me, it's the human people aspect of it. I, I love to get to the bottom line truth of any issue, any person, any problem. I like to question and dig and excavate. And my position at CMH Label Group allows me to do that. So it sustains me, but I'm still looking for my creative major passion. So I do that outside of work. Um, again, you don't have to have both in one place, but while you're there, look, see what, mm -hmm. what is it that resonates for you as a person? What are the things that excite you? And then see if you can find a little niche or hole or something where you are at work that will accommodate that. That's good advice. It's very good advice. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. I, I, it resonates with me too. Um, and I hope it resonates with others because I really do believe that uh, a lot of people don't have that perspective when they just go into a, a job, right? Um, uh, to, to, you know, anyways, I'm, I feel like we could really go deep into this, but I do have other questions I want to ask. Um, where do you go? Um, and this is a little bit of a lighter one, so I apologize, but I still, I think you have some valuable insight. Oh, cool. Where do you go to stay on top of things and to learn and to, and to, you know, stay in touch with what's happening in your world and your career? Oh, such a good question. I was just <laughs> thinking about this this morning. I was talking to someone, emailing someone who didn't know a reference I made. And it was had to do with pop culture. And I thought to myself, in this day and age, people have a responsibility to have some insight into what's going on in pop culture because pop culture informs everything from the arts to politics to everything. <laughs> And I, I feel like I have a personal responsibility to kind of keep my fingers on what's going on out there. So I make it, even when I don't want to sometimes, I make it my responsibility to watch television, watch Netflix, 
read the various online news thing, news feeds. I look at Twitter, even though I don't have my own account. I look on Instagrams, all of those things. Um, I just try and stay on top of what's happening in the world, in the arts, in politics. Um, I use I use the media, social media, YouTube, television, film, all of those things. Um, and then I work at a record label, so I and I help produce all the albums. So I'm literally deconstructing and putting back together artists music and if I had never heard of them believe me by the time we're done with an album I understand those artists and their art form very intimately and I work with a lot of music connoisseurs a lot of people who are just music lovers and they love all kinds of music and they're all ages, most of them younger than me. And so I'm introduced daily to new music or reintroduced to music. So in, in my area where I work in the music industry, I just naturally am being fed daily. Very good. Um, and the people that have been the most influential in your life and career, who are they and why? Oh, God. And it has to be a, a finite list. I'm sure there's lots, but ones that really stand out. Oh, I'm my gosh. Yeah, well, the first thing I thought of, aren't we all the most influenced by our family of origin? Mm -hmm. Good, bad, and in between, I would say my family of origin, that means mother, father, siblings, um, family dynamic um, in wonderful ways and in very difficult ways. Um, I feel like they are and everything that occurred coming of age, they are the foundation of my fabric. They are the foundation of who I am and who you see now with a lot of work in between. <laughs> On my everyone, side. everyone has that though. Everyone has that. Yeah. 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 That's what I'd say. Family of origin. Good. What would be a lesson that you would tell your younger self? Mm, it makes me emotional. Probably the things that I've said to you. Okay. I think my, my, my mantra is show up, put one, front, one foot in front of the other, and interesting things will happen. Just show up. There's so much time in my life where I didn't feel like I had the spirit to do much more than that. But in retrospect, looking back all these years, many, many, many summers, I've been on this earth many decades, um, looking back, just showing up and put one foot in front of the other, um, interesting things have happened. And sometimes that's all it takes. So I would say to myself, relax, show up. Put one foot in front of the other. What would be one thing that you would suggest we could all do to make the world a slightly better place? Ooh, today, that is a deep, deep question. That's why I'm asking it, because today yeah. I think we're uh, at, the, at a boiling point uh, in society. Yeah, and, we're yeah. at a very difficult, upsetting, incredibly emotion-packed time, which is heartbreaking and amazing all at once because it's, I feel like we're at the pinnacle of a perfect storm and this is an opportunity again to make 
enormous foundational change and we can't screw it up. Um, I mean, when you asked me that, the first thing that popped in my head was empathy. Um, to approach people with empathy. I know there are plenty of people in my life and there are times at work and people in family, whatever, whoever you're talking about where you, you're unhappy with them or you're angry at them or you're afraid of them or you don't like them. And I always find if I can just reframe and insert empathy into the picture, try and understand the, the core of where that attitude they're displaying comes from or the, the personality trait that turns you off or the choices they're making. You don't have to have experienced what they experienced, but you can try and understand the emotion they're feeling. And for me, it, it creates a little breathing room, a little space always um, to kind of calm down myself and allow myself to think clearer and what the next thing is that's going to come out of my mouth. What's the most humanistic action I could take right this minute in the midst of all this stuff that's going on, whether it's between myself and another person or just looking at the state of our world. Um, so I would say empathy and, and challenging yourself, taking action, doing something every day, some little thing. Don't just be a cheerleader. Absolutely no room for that now. It's, it, important to advocate, show up, make a phone call, have conversations with people, do something, please do something. Very good. Very good answer. Um, and last, last question before I get some um, socials and, and uh, websites where people can go check out more. Uh, you've kind of answered this, but I want you to answer it one more time. What does success mean for you? Oh, you know, I think personal insight and self-acceptance is success. But that's because you're asking me. That's just a very personal answer. Um, that is something I've aspired to and have worked very hard to achieve and still do on a daily basis. Self-acceptance, um, yeah, those are, those are the things for this individual. Good, I like that a lot. Um, and then, of course, most important, where do people go check out more um, for yourself, uh, for CMH, for Rockabye Baby? What are, the, what are the outlets that people should go check out? You know, one really easy location is our website, rockabybabymusic.com, and you can see our entire catalog. You can also find all our socials on there. Um, you can, again, um, see our CDs, some merchandise. Um, you can also go wherever music is streamed. Amazon, Spotify, Apple, and many other platforms. That's all for today. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Success Story Podcast. You can download or stream this podcast wherever podcasts are available, including iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many others. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. If you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, and peers. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. It takes about 30 seconds as it allows other people to find our podcast and lets our amazing guests reach even more people with their message. And remember, any rating is fine as long as it contains five stars. I'm Scott Clary from the Success Story Podcast, signing off. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. 
Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs, no more servers, no more updates, just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn Jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn Jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. 
Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 